You are listening to the Hope Church Sermon Podcast. At Hope, our mission is to help people know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Now, join us as we listen in on a sermon from last Sunday. It is our hope that you feel God's love stronger today than ever before. Hey, good morning, and we are glad that you guys are here today. I'm so thankful for the words of that song that we are we are chosen, we're not forsaken, and we are who God says we are. And there's a, we live in a world today where everybody, and especially the enemy and other people are trying to tell us who to be and what to be. And um, God's already got a plan for your life. He's already in tomorrow working it out. He already knows, he already knows um, what he wants for your life. He already knows that. And we have to submit to that. If we would submit to that and we would yield to God's plan for life, we will be who God wants us to be. And so, hey, we're glad you're here today. And um, I've got a special guest for you today that I think is going to uh, word to you. It's going to really encourage you. It's going to inspire you. It's going to change you. It's going to make you, it's going to make you brand new. It's going to make you brand new today. And I believe that we're, we're here. We exist to help people move closer to God and for their lives to be forever changed. So that's going to happen today. About two years ago, uh, my, our overseers, Pastor Joey, said, hey, you need to come up to this conference. Come down to this conference in Fort Lauderdale. And you need to, you need to come receive a word from God and be encouraged and inspired and and, um, and so we did, and we got in the car, and we drove down in the middle of the state to, to Fort Lauderdale, Fort Myers, Fort Myers, to Fort Myers, and uh, we walked into a room much like this room, and worship much like this room, and, and um, God began to work on our heart, and just really encouraging in, in us um, that we need more people in our lives, kind of just speaking into our lives, and, and kind of overseeing us, and so fast forward about a year and a half later, I was talking to one of our overseers, like, hey, you need a third overseer, you need a third one, like, we have two, and Two's not enough to watch you, Pastor West. We need a third. And um, just, you, you guys know me, so you're like, they're right. Like, you probably should get five or six. You know, I, who else can we sign up? <laughs> and uh, and so, um, so I, for the last year, I've been in, in a relationship, year and a half relationship with, uh, with Pastor uh, Dan Stoffer. And um, he leads, um, leads and serves at a church down South Florida, multi, uh, multi-campus church, and Overseas and gives leadership to an organization that um, serves and, and loves pastors over 108 uh, churches. And so thankful for what he's done in, in my life and in Diane's life. And so Joey said, Why don't you ask Pastor Dan to be one of your overseers? And what I realized is that sometimes, sometimes the blessings are right in front of us. And sometimes we just, we're like, we're, we're always looking for something. That's us, right? We're in the car, we're looking around. We're in the car, we're looking around. We're, we're, you know, we have something, but we're looking for something else. Like, it's, our, it's in our nature to always be looking around. And, and uh, he's like, Pastor Dan, I'm like, he said, he's already been investing in you for a year and a half. Like, he knows you. He knows your, your soul. Like, he, he knows the things that you need. And so he said, why don't you ask him? And so I began to pray. I called Pastor Dan and said, hey, would you just pray? And, and um, would you just pray and see if God would allow you to, to spend the next year, two, three years, maybe with us, and just kind of overseeing Diane and I and helping our church um, push, push the ball forward. And so... Um, he said yes. I don't know if it was reluctantly or not. And, um, <laughs> but he said yes. You give me an inch, I'll take him out, you know. And uh, he said yes. So I'm so, so thankful uh, for him. I think he has a, um, a now word for our church. And, um, and he's going to continue our series and he's going to speak to us. But could you guys stand to your feet? Could you guys honor the man of God who's going to bring the word for us today? He's going to speak into us. He's going to lead us. So, so, so thankful for this man. It's so good to be with all of you. You guys can go ahead and sit down, and, and um, you can stick around for a minute or two if you don't mind. That'll just help me. How many of you know that that helps, having somebody on the, on, the, on the keyboard, the harpist? So we'll take it. But I'm just really grateful for the opportunity to be here and to be able to, to serve 
in this capacity. Um, it's an honor, and uh, it's an honor to be in the room with you that are, that are seeking God. Whether you find yourself far from God right now and, and you're here because somebody promised you lunch afterward or, or they said there's a really good-looking woman, you need to come with me, you need to meet her. However, whatever reason you're here, you're here in this room. And I believe that, that God knew you were going to be here and actually God is in this room, not before you necessarily, but God is in this room because of you. He's here because you're in the room and because he's desperate for a relationship with you. And we know he's desperate for a relationship with you because he sacrificed everything that he had so that he could have you. That's how we know he's desperate for us. And so it's just an honor to be able to be in a room where, where God is actively moving. I'm, I've, I get to visit a lot of churches, beautiful buildings, get to stand in them, you know, millions and millions of dollars of buildings and, and you know, lots of people on staff and not experience the presence of God the way that I did in this room today in a YMCA in Winter Garden, Florida. Like, who, who, would, have, who would have thought? And that verse that Gabe shared earlier about God was in the place and I didn't even know it. God, would you wake us up today and help us to see that you're in this place, you're in this church, not necessarily just in this room, but you're, you are inhabiting Hope Church, inhabiting all that we're doing. Yeah, come on, let's praise God. He is inhabiting us. And so it's such a, such a privilege to be here. And I just, I love your pastors. Uh, I love pastors Wes and Diana. I love your family. I love the, your heart for God. And uh, you're the real deal. I'm so thankful for your authenticity. I'm so thankful that you don't put on a show. You just want to lead people to become fully engaged followers of Jesus. Come on, can you honor your pastors? Thank God for them. It's a big deal. And so very thankful for you. And and um, I'm here on behalf, of, as Pastor West said, um, from uh, Next Level Church in Fort Myers, Florida. My pastors, Pastor Matt and Sarah Keller, I got a picture of them on the screen. Uh, they send their greetings. I'm, I'm here um, really only because uh, they said that it's okay for me to be here. I, I serve at the pleasure of my pastors. I'm submitted to them. And I bring everything to them. And, and, uh, and so when Pastor West said, hey, would you pray about this? Um, yeah, I needed to ask God, but I also needed to ask my pastors. And so I'm so thankful for them. Uh, they planted Next Level Church in 2002. And um, uh, lots of hardship uh, at the beginning. And they were sitting on the edge of their bed in their small 800-square-foot apartment on the wrong side of town that they didn't know was the wrong side of town. And things weren't going great at the beginning. And they were crying out to God feeling hopeless, feeling clueless, feeling alone. And they said, God, if you let us live through this, and it was a big if at that time. We didn't know, we didn't know if it was going to work or not. But God, if you let us live through this, their prayer was, we'll make sure that no ministry couple ever has to feel the way that we feel right now. And that was the birth of the Next Level Relational Network. And my wife, uh, Stephanie and I, and our family got a picture of them as well. We planted a Life Church Jersey in 2008 and met pastors Matt and Sarah right after that. And uh, they quickly became our pastors and started pouring into us. And uh, we started reaping the, the benefits of that prayer. And so I'm here today uh, really uh, because not only did I need to get permission from my pastors, but how many of you know if your wife says no, don't go? Like that's, that's a word for somebody. If your wife says no, don't go. Like I'm just telling you no matter how bad you want it. And so I'm just so thankful for my wife Stephanie, my two beautiful daughters Eden and Emma, and my handsome son Grant that's with me this morning. Very thankful for for my family. But um, today I want to get right into it. We're going to continue in the series that, uh, that you have been all in that, that, that it's not the end. It's not the end. And today I want to talk about how that trouble is not the end, that your trouble is not the end. Um, there's a passage in scripture in Habakkuk chapter 3. I want to read this and then we're going to pray. 
But Habakkuk chapter 3, verse 16, it says, I trembled inside when I heard this. My lips quivered with fear. My legs gave way beneath me, and I shook in terror. You don't even have to know what he heard or what he saw. We all can imagine this in our own lives right now. It could be the report uh, of someone in our family, a loved one struggling with a, with a medical issue, maybe ourselves struggling with a medical issue. Maybe a, a spouse has, has pushed some papers across the table, and it feels like it's the end. Maybe a, a son or a daughter, you've been just seeing them, they're struggling and they're, they're making some really poor decisions and it seems like their life is going down the wrong road and you feel like it's the end. Financially, maybe, maybe some things hit hard financially. We've been, I mean, we've all had the thing, right? We've all had the, the COVID, we've all had the thing 2020 and even into 2021. But in the midst of all of that, we've all had our own thing going on our own struggles, our own soul, our own physical bodies, our own spirit. And Habakkuk says, I trembled inside. Everything shook me with fear. Verse 17, he says, the fig trees have no blossoms. That means that what I planted and I was expecting to harvest didn't work. No grapes on the vines. Olive crop failed. Everything I've tried to do to provide for my family, everything I've tried to do to bring success at school or on my team. Everything I've tried to do, it's, none of it's worked. And the hope on a, on, a, on a tree with blossoms, that gives hope. But if there's no blossoms, there's no hope. Fields lie empty and barren. The flocks die in the fields. The cattle, barns are empty. Habakkuk was hopeless. He felt like it's the end but I believe God is going to turn some things around for not only, we know Habakkuk, because I, 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 read, I read a little bit further, so I want you to know it, it turns out good, so I read a little bit further, so it's all good, and I want to share that with you, and I believe God has a word for us that trouble is not the end. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, right now, in Jesus' name, we ask for your presence. Continue to move in this room. God, thank you for making yourself known here today. And Father, I ask that you would have your way. Whatever you want to say, would you say? Whatever you want to do, would you do? And help each one of us in this room and online to have open hearts and open ears, God, that we would receive what you desire to impart into us, that it would establish us all the way to the end, that we won't quit. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. If you agree with that, would you say amen? Amen. Amen. So I believe God wants to do something in our, our midst today. And I, and I know what it's like to have, uh, to, to have a word, something that just takes the wind right out of you. Have, you. have you ever, I remember climbing a tree when I was little and it wasn't a tall tree because I was like six or seven years old. And I remember climbing up just a little bit and, and trying to get down, trying to get down. And I, I slipped and I landed right on my back. And the wind, you ever have the wind literally knocked out of you? Like you're, you think you're dying, like I can't breathe, I can't breathe. Like I know what that's like physically. I know what that's like spiritually and emotionally. I know what it's like to face trouble, and maybe you do too. And, and I, was, uh, I was doing a little research on, I, I love history. History is like one of my favorite things. I'm not a history buff. Like I can't recount a whole bunch of history facts or quotes, but I love being in, in historical places, and I love historical shows and, and, and series and TVs. But I was reminded of this story about a, a ship. It was called the HMS Anaconda. It was actually part of the, one of the British warships back in 1813. And um, there's a, uh, an account of this ship 
facing facing battle and it, and its captain and his and his uh, his first mate that was right there with him that was helping him lead the ship and uh, he's down in his quarters and and this, as the story goes his first mate came running to him and said listen um, there's two warships approaching us right now um, we need to prepare for battle like the, we see them off in the distance they're headed our way and so he immediately tells his first mate go and get my red coat immediately get my red jacket and my red coat and so he puts it on he gets on the the, the deck of the ship and starts giving direction and orders and, and uh, miraculously led his, his ship, uh, took very little damage, and actually defeated both of those other warships. An, an amazing feat for a captain to be surrounded by two ships and, uh, and to win. And uh, about uh, the, the day later after the whole thing, his, his, uh, his mate came to him and said, Listen, Captain Wynn, the moment I told you that this battle was happening, you told me to go get your red coat. He goes, tell me why. Like, what, what was the reason? And the reason is, is that if he was wounded in the battle and started bleeding because of the red coat, his, peop- his men that were around him wouldn't notice that and wouldn't lose hope. They would continue to fight. And so about two weeks later, the, the history continues to go on in the logs of this ship. And, and uh, about two weeks later, they're surrounded by five ships this time. They're coming. Same thing. His, his first mate runs to him, gets him out of course. There's five warships coming at us. Um, we need to prepare for battle. Do you want me to go get your red coat? He remembers. And, and the, the captain says, how many ships? He says, five ships. No, I don't need my red coat this time. Today I need my brown pants. I'll let that sit with you just for a minute. But what do you do when you're in trouble? How do we face trouble? That's okay. You can laugh. And some of you are going to like, brown pants, red coat. I'll get it. You'll get it later. It's all good. It's all good. But how do we handle trouble? And I've got a slide I want to put up. We call it the S-curve. And so actually when we're, when we're leading pastors, and, and your pastors experience this, we've taught this lesson, that a lot of times we think growth, if we're going to experience growth as a follower of Jesus, so we, we coach churches on how churches grow and, and help pastors to understand that, that growth isn't always up and to the right. Like you're still growing even in the ups and downs. It just doesn't feel that way. And, and I want you to know that even we can we can help an organization to understand that, but we each individually need to understand that. We think when we say yes to Jesus, if God is on our side, things will continue to be like this. I might be down here, but I'm, but I'm moving forward, and it's always going to be up and to the right. And if it's not up and to the right, then either I've sinned, someone in my family sinned, or, or God just, he's busy with somebody else and he doesn't like me anymore, and we're trying to figure out what happened. Right, and, and if you remember when you first said yes to Jesus, it really did feel like everything was up and to the right. It felt like God hears every prayer. I prayed for a great parking spot when I got to the mall, and I got it. I, I, I prayed for her to say yes when I asked her on a date, and she said yes. I got a raise at work. I pray, like all, We hear the testimonies, right? Or you started tithing, and you started giving 10%. And when you first started, it was like, it's so amazing. The moment I started doing this, you won't believe it, Pastor Wes. I got a raise or I got a bonus. Like we hear the stories all the time or I got a stimulus check and then another one and then another one. And it's all, right, all of these things up and to the right. But then what happens when we start to drop? What, what happens when we start to dip? Well, here's, here's how Habakkuk responded. Look at this in verse uh, 2 of chapter 1. He's, he's crying out to God, and he says, how long? Have you ever prayed that? <laughs> how much longer, God? How much longer? God, are, are you ever going to move on my behalf? How, how much longer is it going to take, God, for you to answer this prayer? God, I've been praying for my husband. I've been praying for my wife. I've been praying for my kids. God, I've been praying for, for a car. God, I've been praying for an opening. I've been praying for this, this need in my body. God, we've been praying. We've been fasting. We've been seeking your face, God. How much longer are we going to have to do what we've been doing, God, for you to get to do what we've been asking you to do? 
Because how long? Because God, it literally feels like it's over. It feels like the end. Like this is the beginning of the end. If you picture that S-curve back in your mind, like it's, 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 it's starting, it's going up, but then there's a, a, a diminishing return, and then it starts to, to dip. There's a, there's a free fall, and in that free fall, it, it feels like, well, it's over. Like it, it feels like it's over. Like we're pretty close to this getting down to right where we started, and it's about to go below it. How long, oh, Lord? Look back in the verse. He goes, how long, oh, Lord, must I call for help? But you don't listen. Violence is everywhere. I cry, but you do not come to save. And I, I, I'm just wondering, like, how many times that you and I have prayed that? I know I've, I've prayed that. I, I'm looking around, and, and God, I'm, I'm seeing all of the, the hardship. I'm seeing all the trouble. I know, I know me, I know what I deal with in my own life, and it's like, how long? How much longer, God? How much longer? What, what, what am I missing? Like, we're, there, there's got to be something wrong. There's got to be something missing. And so Habakkuk is praying this prayer, and it's almost like an indictment on God. God, I, you, if you were a good God, if you really loved me, then this thing, this S-curve would straighten out, and we'd be moving up and to the right. Like, God, if you really had my back, God, if you really were for me and not against me, and I think, it affects, I think it affects the way we worship. I think it affects the way we, we, we in, engage with God spiritually. I think it affects it all. See, because if we think that, that if everything is right spiritually, then it would be like this. And when it's not, then, then it affects our, our passion for God. It begins to erode your confidence. Because if you think that because I'm following God and I have God's promises and he's made all these promises, that if, it, if, if his promises the way I'm thinking they should be happening aren't happening, we immediately think there's something wrong in two places. There's either something wrong with God or there's something wrong with me. And we know there's something wrong with us because there's always been something wrong with us. And if you don't think there's something wrong with you, there's something wrong with you. Like we all have, we all know that we all have issues. We all do. There's something off in us. Yet God made these promises. So if this is, I've I've not changed, right? I, I've I've always known that there's some things off in my life. But God, God, there's there's nothing wrong with you. And I and I look over and I see you doing something good for him or her, but it's not happening for me. This is exactly what happened with Peter. After Jesus was, uh, was raised from the dead and he pops in a couple rooms a couple different times, walks through walls, just shows up. How many know that would freak you out? It would freak me out. All of a sudden we're eating and, and Jesus just standing there. <laughs> that would freak us out. And then Pastor Wes even shared about the, road, the, the men on the road to Emmaus and how Jesus appeared to them and revealed himself to them. Well, Jesus is on the shore. Peter's finally done. He's like, all this has happened. I don't know if anything good's going to happen. I'm just going to go back to doing what I did before. He says, I'm going fishing. And so all the disciples, they all went with him, got in the boat. So they're out fishing. This is all in John 21. I'd love for you to read this at some point. I'm not going to put these verses on the screen. But they're out fishing, and they don't catch anything. And so finally, the day dawns. They're about 100 yards from shore. And they hear this guy on the shore saying, hey, have you guys caught any fish yet? They're like, no, we haven't caught anything. He's like, you've been doing it wrong. Throw your nets on the right side of the boat. And they're like, whatever, man. But they do. They're desperate enough to give it a shot. And they do. 
And there's so many fish that they pulled in that they couldn't even pull the net into the boat. Finally, the Bible tells us there's 153 fish in that net, and the net didn't break, which tells us that the net should have broken, but it didn't. So they find out, John says to, to Peter, he says, that's the Lord. <laughs> that's got to be Jesus on the shore. Peter jumps in the water, swims to the shore. And Jesus had breakfast waiting for them. That's how I know he's my Jesus, because he had breakfast. I'm a breakfast guy. When someone's got breakfast waiting for you on the hot coals of the fire, like this is my Jesus. He has breakfast waiting for him. And then they eat this meal together, and then Peter, uh, Jesus starts asking Peter some questions. Real simple. And I want you to picture, I want you to see yourself in this passage, in this verse, because Jesus asks Peter, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? Right where you are, right now, in this room or online, what's your answer? Because the way Jesus asked Peter the question, if you go back to the original Greek, it was, Peter, do you love me no matter what? That's, that's called unconditional love. Do you agape me, which is the word in the Greek, do you love me no matter what? Peter, you've had some trouble. You've had some hardship. Peter, you messed up. You denied me, you sinned, you cursed to the point of, of not uh, you know, acknowledging that you knew me, you ran from me, you've been doing your own thing. So here I am, Peter, I'm not judging you, I'm not, I'm not rebuking you, I'm simply asking you a question. Peter, there are some mistakes in your life, so all I'm asking is, do you love me? Do you love me no matter what? No matter what I do for you, no matter how it turns out, no matter how it looks, will you love me through the dip, through the, through the down times, through the, through the break, through the chaos? Will you love me, Peter? And Peter says, yes, Lord, you know that I, I his word in the Greek was phileo. You know that I, I, I like you as a friend or I love you as a friend. Jesus asked him a second time, Peter, Peter, do you, do you love me? And again, he says it with that strength of agape. Do you love me no matter what? No matter what I do for somebody else that looks like I'm elevating them above you, well, no matter what good you see happening in somebody else's life, will you love me even when it's not seeming to work out for you? No matter what you're coming up against, no matter what you're facing, whether hell or high water, Peter, will you love me no matter what? And Peter says, yeah, I, I, I love you. I, I, I phileo you. I, I love you, you know, because you've made me a good breakfast, and I love a good breakfast. No, no, no. Third time he asked him, Peter, Peter, do you love me? And this time Peter was it cut to the heart. He says, God, Jesus, you know that I love you. I, I, I'll do I'll, whatever you want. You know that I love you. Why are you asking me this? So Jesus says, I need you to then feed all three times, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. I, I need you to just keep moving forward. I need you to, no matter if it's up or down, I need you to continue to press through the dip. I need you to continue to move forward. No matter what's coming at you, Peter, I need you to, to move forward. Because what, what happened to, to, to Peter is things began to erode a road in his heart. And so this is exactly, if we, if we flash back to Habakkuk, this is exactly what happened to him. Habakkuk chapter, chapter 1 verse 5. God's response to Habakkuk is very similar to what, how Jesus was re responding to Peter. Look what God says to Habakkuk. He says, for I'm doing something new in your day. And I need you to see it. 
Because I'm, I'm telling you something, even though all of this hardship, remember Habakkuk, no, no blossoms on the trees, no olive, olives, no, no grapes on the vine, the, the cattle aren't, you know, everything's dying, everything's going to, to hell in a handbasket. Like it is no good for Habakkuk. And that's what he's seen with his physical eyes. And so he's crying out to God, God, why aren't you doing something? And God responds. And I believe what God is saying to Habakkuk here is exactly what he's saying to each one of us in this room right now and online. He is saying this, he's saying, I am doing doing something new, and I need you to see beyond your circumstances. I need you to see beyond the natural. I need, because you are spiritual beings, every one of us is a spiritual being, whether we have said yes to a relationship with Jesus or not. When the Spirit of God is moving in our midst, it affects us. When, when, when darkness is moving and when light is moving, we respond because we're spiritual beings. And God is saying to Habakkuk, I need you to see things Differently, And I think that's exactly what God is saying to us. He needs us to see things differently. I'm doing something in your own day, something you would not believe, even if someone told you about it. God said, I need you to keep your eyes fixed on that. But unfortunately, a lot of times we don't. When we think it should be up and to the right and it's not, and we start experiencing the S-curve, and when we do, we think there's something wrong. There's something that happens in us. Two options can happen for us. Really, three choices we have, but there's usually two things that we typically do. And the first thing that we typically do is we call, what we call in, in coaching churches is we doom loop. Which means we go from, from moving up, and we got a slide for that. We'll, we'll circle back. We'll go back, just like, remember what Peter said? I'm going fishing. I'm going back to what I know. I'm going fishing. I, 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 and so Peter, he starts doom looping back. The other thing that a lot of times Christians will do is we deny. Those of us that are, we would consider ourselves mature, maybe even super spiritual, um, will deny that there's a problem and we'll keep fighting. No, it's up and to the right. I, I promise you it's up and to the right. And we deny that there's any trouble. Both are wrong. Faith is not denial of a problem. Faith is a conviction that God is at work even when there's trouble. That's what faith does. Faith doesn't give up just because there's a hardship. Faith will continue to push through. And that's what God is asking, uh, asking Habakkuk to do. That's what Jesus was asking Peter to do on that day. And even on that day when, when Jesus just asked Peter those three questions, Peter then turns around because Jesus tells Peter how he's, he, how he's going to die. He said, when you were young, you were able to dress yourself and you were able to go where you want to go. But guess what? Something's going to happen and you're not going to be able to do anything that you want to do. And it was actually a prophecy to Peter about how he was going to die. And then, he's, and then Jesus says, I, I think the most crazy two words that anybody could ever tell you, listen, when you're following me, it, things are going to get hard, and guess what? You're going to die because of me. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to, I want you to follow me. That's what Jesus says to him. Listen, you're going to die for me. All this, it's going to get really bad for you, Peter. Follow me. Follow me. Even in the dip. Even when you want to just go back, don't go back. Push through this thing. Keep your eyes fixed on me. Have spiritual eyes to know that I, I'm taking you through, Peter. I know it's not up and to the right. I know it's not a straight line. I know it doesn't feel easy. But if you'll just follow me, if you'll just keep your eyes fixed on me, then I can work in your life. Then I can reveal myself to you more and more. 
I tell you what, I would so much rather have the God of all creation reveal himself to me in difficult times than everything be up and to the right and never know his voice. I just want to be with my heavenly father because I know no matter what life brings, and Jesus even promised us trouble, and I don't want trouble. I don't, Jesus wasn't promising us trouble because he was going to bring trouble. God is not your problem. He's your answer. Trouble is going to come. We just got to recognize that when it comes, I can't take my eyes off the God that is the one that's going to help me. So here's what Habakkuk does, and I love this, verse 7. We read this verse at the beginning, but when we read it before, I removed the first two words of Habakkuk's response. Because this is exactly what Habakkuk was saying. Look at those two words, even though. Even though it feels like the end. Even though it feels like there's no hope. Even though. The fig trees have no blossoms. Even though there's no grapes on the vines. I know it looks bad. Even though, even though the olive crop fails. Even though the fields are empty. Even though the flocks die. It feels like nothing's working. Even though the cattle barns are empty. This is how Habakkuk responded. I get it's hard. I get that there's difficult times. But please know this. Please know this. I, I really feel like this is a word for the Lord for each one of you. Please know this. It's not your, it's not your God that's wreaking havoc in your life. When you're hurting, he's hurting. He's not the cause of your pain. Every good and perfect gift comes from above, from the Father of lights. Jesus said that there, our enemy is like a roaring lion, walking about seeking whom he may devour. And we live in a, a world full of sin, a sinful world, but we do have a Savior, and that's our answer, Jesus. And so God is not our problem, he's our answer. And I believe the word of the Lord for each one of us today, for Hope Church, is that just because there's trouble, don't think God has turned his back on you. He's the one that's right there waiting for you. He's with you in the midst of it. And if you'll keep your eyes fixed on him, you'll jump the, from one S-curve of growth to the next. And you'll find yourself in the next season a little bit higher than you were in the previous season. And look how Habakkuk ends this. He says, yet, even though all of this is happening, let may this be our prayer. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength. God is my ever-present help in a time of trouble. God is my strength. He makes me as sure-footed as a deer, able to tread upon the heights. My God is my victory. My God is my hope. My God is my help. He will not leave me. He's right here with me to walk me through. Would you stand to your feet with me today? Let's worship God. Let's open up our hearts and whether you need to, maybe you need to repent. Maybe you need to ask God to forgive you. God, forgive me for turning my back on you. Blaming you for the trouble, God, forgive me. You're my help. Maybe you need to do that. Maybe you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus because you didn't realize how good God was, that he's for you. He's for you. Maybe in this moment, this is your time to surrender your heart to him and say, Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. I'm saying yes to you today. Maybe there's a physical need in your body. Maybe you need to begin to remind yourself of the promises of God, that he is for you, not against you. He's a, he is with you, not far from you. Come on, let's worship him, Hope Church. He's our good and present God.
Thank you so much for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Hope Church, please feel free to visit us at hopewintergarden.com or connect with us on Facebook and Instagram at Hope Winter Garden. We hope you have a blessed day.